You are listening to the Pencil and Paper Podcast Network. Welcome to the Palace of Mega Pixels. This is Super Mega Brothers Turbo. And welcome to Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo. I'm your host, Stephen White, and with me, as always, is Todd Stark. Hello, hello. And today we have a very special guest in our uh, Palace of Megapixels. The one, the only, Jinx from Twitch. Jinx, how you doing today, buddy? Oh, no. We I lost think you it. hit the mute button again. You hit the mute button again? <laughs> uh, sorry. Thank you, guys. <laughs> uh, good to be here. There we are. Yeah. Uh... Well, anyway, <laughs> I've seen his mouth moving, but no words. <laughs> it's fine. Technical difficulties. It happens. Uh, Jinx, uh, since you're new to the show, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Uh, hi, I'm Jinx. I'm a Twitch streamer. You can uh, catch me on Jinx TV. Um, yeah, that's it pretty much, man. I like to play games. Uh, so what, what actually brought you into streaming, uh, doing Twitch and all that? Um, I'd, personally, I just like to entertain people. I, I like to think I'm an entertaining guy, fun to watch sometimes, mm-hmm. even though I'm probably horrible, but yeah. <laughs> just uh, the sheer enjoyment of it, really. That's actually a good reason to do it, I think. I don't think some people actually do it for that reason, but to, yeah. to have that inter- yeah, well, that idea of entertainment. Yeah, I think like, a lot of people like there to make money. I mean, I mean, if I can make money along the way, I suppose that's good. But I don't know. I just generally like to think myself as an entertaining character. I like making people laugh. You know, uh, center of attention, me and all that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. If you start going about it like trying to make money, I think you lose the point. Yeah. Well, uh, to be fair, I feel like uh, you will lose a lot of motivation or, yeah. to do it. Really. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, I, I definitely kind of agree with that because going at it from a money perspective, you're never gonna you're never gonna do it right. Yeah, if, but if, if you, you want to entertain you, that's that's your goal. You're always gonna have your best intentions, your best foot forward, trying to it, make exactly. So if you go into it more as um, for passion, yes. passion reasons, yep. it, it kind of comes through. We're gonna go in that sense, but like everything along the way it's all up to you you're wanting to do it you know what i mean so you get a bit it's like 110 percent all the way yeah absolutely but if you make money along the way that's okay yeah so how long have you would you say that you've considered yourself a gamer oh god Right, there's a there's a statement as long as I can remember actually counter is that a bit too cheap. No, that's so, actually yeah because I think I mean, a lot I of us. Remember when I was like, I remember when I was like three years old, uh, Sega Mega Drive, Super Nintendo, all that. I, that's like I, as long as I can remember, I've always held like a controller or some sort of game, you know, controller thing in my hand. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's a, it's a fair assessment. I'd say. Yeah. Five years old for me. Yeah, Nintendo. Yeah, five years old. That's that's about when it came about. Because I remember having cousins who had an Atari, and I was just so jealous. And then suddenly, my parents were like, "Here's a Nintendo," and I was like, "Whoa!" 
So I was so happy. <laughs> well, I had an Atari too, so maybe sooner. I had a Commodore 64 also, mm-hmm. but I got that later. Yeah. Did you have Coleco Vision? No, I didn't have Coleco Vision. <laughs> <laughs> got 2020 Vision. <laughs> Better. No, you. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. Uh, Jinx, what what games would you say that you typically lean toward? Not just in streams. But just oh, in general, I play I play more off stream than I do on stream. Really, hmm. um, I do at the minute. I play. I'm into like my grand strategy, so I'm playing a lot of Total War. Um, for the guys that know me, which is probably you, the one who's going on about that them sort of games a lot when I'm playing my playthroughs. Right, right. Um, I like my. I love my RPGs. Um, probably a thing I picked up like later on in my gaming years um, is playing RPGs. Just a story. The customer like. Uh, item choice customization and everything like that right uh, shooters as well you know I'm, I'm pretty all round um but yeah i lean towards rpgs mmos and uh, grand strategies now as far as rpgs would you say like basic rpgs or do you like the real big in-depth one likes the jrpgs <laughs> So I probably started out with like the the, the cheesy Xbox Xbox 360 RPGs, like mm-hmm. the, the like the like in my eyes when I look back at it, pretty basic ones. Um, stuff like Mass Effect One or um, I don't, oh Star Wars: The Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, yeah, that's a good stuff one. Like that. Yeah, that was a good and, game. Um, it's only like recently I started picking things up. Like I don't know if he's. Um, if you've seen it on Steam or heard about it, uh, what was it called? Uh, Tyranny, and that really got me into like the the classic, the classical RPGs, right? Like point and click, uh, turn based, like read text and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like I I go heavy into my RPGs now. That's a that's a way to go. If you're gonna go RPGs, you got to go all in. That's at least the way I look at yeah. it. Yeah, that's it, man. That's, go hard or go home. Sir. That's right. <laughs> Now, what what issues as a streamer? Are there any issues that you encounter on a regular basis? Do you do you get hounded by trolls or anything like that? Do you know what? I'm actually quite surprised. Um, I haven't been hounded by trolls personally, and like you know, like please understand what I say is I'm a black guy. I thought like being in that presence like of any sort. I was going to attract at least one or two guys popping in chats, like saying like crap in chat to me, like about my skin color or whatever, not experienced any of that. And I'm surprised like some of my other Epic team members have. And I'm sitting there thinking like, where, like, is it, is it just like, I, I'm not, I'm not a good enough target to go for. So go for the <laughs> guys, you know what I mean? So like on a troll front, no. Um, Technical difficulties? Yes, I do. I do run into that. And keeping to a time schedule sometimes. Right. Because obviously real life impacts that a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I would say that most streamers, if they could make it their job <laughs> to do that, if you were making enough money that you could do that, I'm sure you could keep a better stream or a yeah, better schedule. Yeah, I, but... I suppose that is very true. Right. I don't know. It's very easy because, again, this is, this is more fun for me than anything. Right. And, yeah. I mean, we... we Todd and I both can attest to that. You know, we we have to make time for what we enjoy, right? To, for our fun, we we'd rather be doing this as a job. But Fuck that's yeah. it, man. There's no point. That I I feel there's no point of doing this if you're heart in it for the uh, the, re- the pure reason of like entertainment value alone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think if you can actually carve that out for yourself, you know, in between real life stuff, that shows your passion. If you don't want to do yeah, it, you're not going to do it. So that's good. 
Uh, now, you are hosting the fourth Epic Giveaway on November 17th, is that correct? Yeah, buddy. And that is for that is, uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2? Star Wars II? Battlefront 2, yeah. All right. I'm well, excited for that game. Is, uh, it, is there anything you could tell everybody about that, or is it just just another um, big giveaway? Do you have anything planned? Little green men jumping about, and uh, yeah, like, come on, man, if you don't know Star Wars... I mean, Battlefront Two was uh, Battlefront One. Sorry, was uh, a terrible game, but Two they really um, they really picked up their game. EA, I'll give I'll give that's the one thing I'll give them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, they've really done a good job. I personally think it looks outstanding. I will say uh, just to give uh, Battlefront One just a little bit of, of props is the VR mission that they added. That was very fun. Thirty minutes of pure bliss in Star Wars. I don't know, man. I don't know. Little too little, too late. I, I feel yeah. like that's what uh, Battlefront One was. <laughs> but to, to to be a sitting in an X-wing and floating in space, that was pretty cool. Not saying know. not saying that it made up for the entire game by no means, but just that little. Ex- I mean, they could have released that separately, and I would. Oh, that fine. Was, was that sorry? Was that when they like put in the space combat stuff? Or uh, I think it was a late edition. Yeah. Yeah. See, I played a space combat in two, and oh my god, that's like my favorite game mode, like ever. <laughs> yeah, I don't no, think they've really done. It's how to play the game, man. I don't think they've done really good space combat since games like Rogue Squadron and stuff like that. Those were really good when it came to space combat. Rogue Squadron, oh Jesus Christ, I remember having that on the GameCube. Yeah, oh, that was a classic game right there. Now, now you're since you're playing uh, Star Wars Battlefront two, you you are a fan of EA, right? Um, <laughs> I think we've had discussions about this for one. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I am no big like EA is just like any good franchise they've ever made. They've managed to like implode it pretty much. Um, yes. Do I really need to run off examples? You can go with Mass Effect, Dragon Age. Um, Dragon Age. God, they screwed <laughs> it up. Oh mate, oh, do you remember when two came out? One was great. Fan One was great. Two, oh my god, horrible! What a dumpster fire that was. Yeah, I tried playing. I'd never played the game before, and I tried uh, Inquisition. Ugh. And for whatever reason, I spent money on this it game. Was better than I, two. I, I'll give it that. It was better than two. But it was just dull. Yeah, I couldn't get boring. into it. I got halfway. Th- well, I wouldn't even say halfway through it. I just got to a point, and I was like. I'm really not getting into this. And I spent money on it. Good money on it. <laughs> Two was so bad, I didn't play part three. Oh, here's another good example. Star Wars The Old Republic. MMO. There you go. Yeah. What's that? What's that, What's that like nowadays? I don't know. I don't know. I've <laughs> just avoided it. I'm not big into MMOs. Or at least not in that capacity. Uh, well, it's good to have you here, man. Uh, I hope you're going to... Thanks for having me. I'm good to be here chime in on our uh, our festivities our news and stuff like that but first we're going to get into uh, a little segment of what we plan uh, jinx what have you been playing recently oh um neo has just released on ps uh, ps uh, pc so from ps4 so i've been playing a bit of that um, i did do a stream on thursday of that i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. yeah todd what about you what are you yeah Huh. Still playing uh, Seven Days to Die and uh, Dead by Daylight. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay. 
I did get to play uh, a little bit of Dead by Daylight with you. That was kind of fun. It's, it's a good game. Uh, but I've also been playing the uh, Frozen Wilds, the Horizon Zero Dawn DLC. That's been uh, it's been a, a nice addition because I've, I've wanted to go back to that game. I've wanted to play it again, and this just kind of opened that door so I can go back into it a little bit. And they did not disappoint in the sense of they opened up a whole new world that. You know, if you've played the game up to a point and you've maxed it out and you've got your high level and all your skills, you think you could walk in there and just be like, well, this would be a cakewalk. No, no. They <laughs> they amped it up so, so you don't just walk in thinking you're going to breeze through this. So the challenge is there. I've, I've encountered quite a few beasts that have uh, put up a fight. So it's it's nice that I didn't come in with a, a learning or a an advantage. You know what I mean? How many, new, to, to how many new enemies are there? Uh, I've only encountered one so far, but I do believe there are a few more. Good. I just I don't think that I've encountered them as of yet. Do they still feel like a, a boss a battle? Yes. Like, awesome. The Scorchers are the newest ones that I've seen, and they're just they're relentless. They're worse than the Sawtooths. You know, jumping at you like panthers and you know, unleashing like big, big fire bombs. They've got mines that they shoot out so i mean you you have to watch everything you're doing right because in a moment's notice you could be overwhelmed and killed instantly you know what i feel like when i see it like the more that i see monster hunter world and i start thinking back about uh horizon zero dawn it feels like a little bit of monster hunter when you're fighting some of those bigger monsters yeah or robots yeah am i like the only person that's never played monster hunter if so i feel sad Played, uh, played what? Monster Hunter. Uh, I've never played, played it. I've just seen it. Like, no, it just... Monster Hunter, I mean, I, I will say, uh, I don't even know out of our group in Epic who has played it, but I got onto it, I think, back on the Wii when it was Monster Hunter 3 came out there, and I'd never heard of the series before. And I read a review, I think, in a game magazine that was like, you know, this is not uh, an easy game. By no means this is a game that will challenge you, but when you figure it out and you learn it, it's worth it. So I decided, what the hell, I'll give this a shot. And I did. I, it took me a while to really figure it out because I kept getting my ass handed to me, you know, hand over fist with some of these enemies because I wasn't approaching it in the, the most accurate way. Because you have to... You can't just go in hacking and slashing. You have to really think about the enemy that you're fighting and then approach it, approach each enemy differently because they're all different. So it was, once I figured that out, my hunting skills just elevated and it became so much more fun. So I'm, I'm really hoping that all of you get Monster Hunter World and we, we can all play because it is... I don't know if they what they've changed specifically, but if once you figure it out, once you understand the mechanics of it, you can really be a badass. And it's just it makes you feel so much more awesome when you can take down a big enemy that was just stomping you down. Yeah, I, bet, I mean that dude. sounds like my sort of game. Yeah, like, it's uh, definitely props to any game that actually uh, presents a challenge. Yes, play, and it, I mean? it does. You know, it it, it will. Uh, kind of uh punish you i don't want to say punish but if you if you screw up if you die you the reward you get is lessened and stuff like that so it, it gives you that incentive to really do your best right so that's what i loved about it so i can't wait it's what january into january uh, oh that's um, it they've only just announced that so. though, haven't they 
Yeah, but they've been they put them pushing it hard. January and then February sixth is Shadow of the Colossus, right? Yes, oh, Shadow yeah. of the Colossus. Uh, well, anyway, we're gonna trail off. Uh, let's get into our news. Uh, <laughs> the The first thing I have in our news, uh, there was a lot of news out of Microsoft this week. I don't know if you noticed that yeah. or not. Uh, the first thing I have is that uh, lots of the news this week surrounding Microsoft. Uh, the first was the launch of the Xbox One X. Uh, that was last, was it? Tuesday. Tuesday? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, uh, customers who have purchased their Xbox One X are reporting that some of their consoles are dead on arrival. Uh, those reports have followed a pattern of being in the uh, middle of a game, playing it, and then the console suddenly shuts down. The player will then try to turn it back on with no luck, and most of the issues that have been reported seem to be affecting the limited editions Project Scorpio version. Yeah, the the that was the one's got the little scorpion on the microchip yeah. inside, right? That's mm-hmm. supposed to be their best one, right? How yeah. much? How much do one of them cost? Uh, a five ninety nine. I think it was a. Is it four ninety nine or five ninety nine? I think there were the the. Xbox One S was the three ninety nine, and then then X was four ninety nine. Gotcha. Yeah, four ninety nine. That's right. You can buy a half decent PC, just like food for thought without money. Right. Exactly. That's what I would do. I would I would have a PC before I would get an Xbox One X. Mm-hmm. Because most of everything you can find is on PC. Not everything, but most. Right. Yes. Most everything, everything that well, you can play on it. It was that way though, isn't it? Yeah. Everything was coming to PC naturally now. So, yeah. yeah. The only thing you can't get on PC is Sony's like really exclusive titles, and that's why you have a PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Now, Microsoft has told customers at I mean at this time to contact them immediately as the console is under warranty and will be replaced. At this time, is unknown how widespread this w- issue is, but things like this, I mean, they've happened in the past. Yeah. With some product launches, and it's just. I mean, like, I guess they have a failure rate of like you won't, you don't want it to go over like what four to five percent. Yeah. But what was it? The Xbox 360's failure rate at first was, I mean, I think it was. I remember reading it was close to fifty percent. Yeah, and that was like that their red, red ring, ring of death. death. Yeah, that's mm. death. Oh yeah, I was glad that I went like three, four years without my uh, Xbox breaking down. Nice. Yeah, you got lucky. <laughs> that's a personal achievement of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Now, also, in Japan, uh, there were signs seen across several stores that were selling the Xbox One X, all stating that the stores had sold out of their stock. Now, obviously, we talked about this last week where they were struggling in the Japanese market. So this started to raise questions as, like, did they finally make it? Uh, What was noted, however, is that these stores had only sold out of their pre-orders, not the actual consoles themselves. Now, the launch of the console had taken place on the same day in Japan as it did in North America. However, the draw seemed to be uh, lacking in Japan as one Twitter Twitter user joked with an empty photo in front of a bigger retailer saying, I can't see the end of the line, and yet there was no line. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was also reported that many of the major retailers in Japan had no plans to offer the console on launch day and only focus on the pre-orders. So that that's a little bizarre tactic on their end, but again, I think it, it this harkens back to what we talked about last week, where they're they're they don't really have a Japanese market. No, they don't have they don't have they've never spent the times to have the Japanese games. Yeah, that's so how you get them. I really I kind of feel like that that was their tactic on that. You know, it's just to see 
uh, let's see how the pre-orders go, and then we'll worry about putting them on the shelves later. Something like and that. And then make it sound like that there's a rush for them. Yeah. We're all sold out. Oh, we're all sold out. I, I mean, it could I mean, be a good probably, tactic. Yeah, that's probably a, a hard market to crack, though, really, because they're like very specific on the sort of games they play. Yeah. I, I like to think of it that way anyway. And I think also being a, a an American console going overseas, because Sony and Nintendo, they already have that. They're in-house. Yeah. They're in-house, they in yeah. But at the same time, they're over there, and they come over here, and they cater to the Western people, too. Yeah. So... Yeah, like Sony, I can think of a bunch of games that are like Japanese studios off the top of my head, like right. straight away. Uh, Dark Souls, mm-hmm. you got Neo. Um, there was like another weird one that's been advertised over here, like Codename Vane. They're bringing. Oh yeah, out. It's yep. just, I think I feel like they've got a like a better for their culture, a lot more titles um, yeah. that they would prefer to like go, go in shops and buy. So yeah, I can understand that. And I, you know, I even know that there are some games that they feel won't translate. Uh, well over you know overseas and you know they're a little hesitant to bring them over i know that uh, a few games that i've thought about that they've been worried about they you know they held off and they were just like well i don't know and then they eventually do you know bring it overseas and it does well they just they've got to give themselves a little bit more credit to their american audience or you know whomever just to just to assume that it's not going to go over well doesn't necessarily mean it won't and i think that's what microsoft needs to realize is that right. they can make that happen they just have to believe that it can work you know i think um going back to what you just said the not that it doesn't translate well over here i think that the studio just says you know we're not going to take the time and add the english voices and yeah. do all that part maybe that's what it is but then you also you don't have that uh region lock anymore so you could Easily get that game and play it here, and see they don't they shouldn't really have to worry about that too much because right. we'll take uh, Xenoblade Chronicles for example when that came out it was never localized for North America the version that we had was actually the EU version of the game that just got ported over right but it was still fine I didn't feel like the game was not catered to me at all I felt like it kind of gave it its own flavor you yeah. know because they weren't these punk American kids they had this. You know, their accents were were very British, and it it just, I don't know, it worked for me in that way. Let's be honest, a British accent is cool. They are. So, Jinx, I mean, you're you're double-nailing it, not only with the accent, but with uh, the tenor. I love people taking piss. I am under the, just, I am, so far, the UK is like three for three. Like, they all, all the music that comes from there, like, all my favorite bands, like, if they're cool, they usually come from the UK. And we've had Mammoth and, and you from the UK. Y'all are two for two. I mean, well, every, everything is well refined over here. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> That's just my, my um, theory is that if it comes from the UK, it's usually cool. I mean, that's a, that's yeah. a good way to look yeah, at yeah. it. I, I'll, I'll agree with that. <laughs> no complaints. Okay. Now, the last story I have uh, surrounding Microsoft is that they announced a plan to increase investment in developing in-house video games. That's what they need to do. Uh, either by acquiring or even starting studios to do so. Uh, Phil Spencer made a statement saying that we need to grow, and I look forward to doing that. Our ability to create content has been one of our many strengths. We haven't always invested at the same level, and we've gone through ups and downs in the investment. Now, this comes as no surprise to uh, some of their best-selling games have been self-published, 
like Halo, Gears of War. However, they have scaled back in recent years and even shut down two studios, which yeah. were Lionhead and Press Play. I don't know why you shut down Lionhead. No, what what did they... Fable. Fable. Did, oh, did really? They make, did they make, um, what is it, uh, that God game, Lion's Head? Yeah, or Fable. Or am I thinking of a different one? No, they make Fable. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know why, that was one of your big franchises coming I, out of... I'd always heard that. Yeah, like, I, I think I played Fable 2 on the 360 when I finally bought one, and I wasn't disappointed. It was a good game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that... And then they shut it down, you know? Was, did, did they not sell well? I don't care. Like at the same time, I mean, like I'm I like, think I think they like the trend is I see anyway is like what if one of the games like one game in a series like three or four does like terrible that's it they'll they'll just cut funding and uh, make something new pretty much and see they're that's easy. what I feel like anyway and they're that's, they're, that's they're eager that's to do that I've noticed I know uh, Sony will do that so but like driven. yeah oh yeah absolutely it's all about the dollars man yeah <laughs> and I can understand you know like if you put like what was it? Uh, Gorilla Games, uh, Gorilla uh, Cambridge. Yeah, they made uh, the Switch. Yeah, Cambridge, uh, Gorilla Games, Cambridge. They shut those those guys down. Hmm. About probably about five months ago, I think. After they made uh, Rigs, and Rigs didn't sell good, but at the same time, you're like you're putting them in a corner because you're giving them a platform that's not been adopted yet. It's yeah. a brand new platform, so. And that's a game like not everybody's gonna be able to play that game. It moves really fast, and you could probably get probably get sick playing that game. I think if I remember right, I got like a headache. Really, yeah, I haven't it, got to play it yet. It's fun. It's and it works great, but some people could get motion sickness. Yeah. But they made um, the Vita version of uh, what uh, Killzone Mercenaries, mm-hmm. awesome game. But then they shut them down. Now I don't know if that was the plan from the beginning. We don't know that. All we know is they shut them down. But I just think they shut them down too soon sometimes. Yeah, they probably do. And th- those guys were talented. They've they've got to give them a little bit more uh, breathing room to actually get to to find their groove, I guess. Yeah. You know, if they've just started out and they're just not hitting it just right, give them time, you know, because I think as gamers, sometimes when we see a new studio, we're a little hesitant to give that studio, you know, a chance because we don't know them. Right. But once you actually get in there and you try a game and it's good... You think oh, okay, I'll I'll keep my eye on that one, and you just kind of go on with that. Devolver Digital was a publisher that I didn't realize they do uh, who they were exactly, but now I, I anytime I see their name, I'm like, well, yeah, they just like to go balls out right. with all their crazy games. I'm in. Let's see what they've got now. It's kind of like Housemark. If I see their name, I know it's going to have a high quality. It's going to be. I know the type of game it's going to be. I always want to buy it now. Yeah. So. Uh, next story I have. Jinx, you're going to love this. <laughs> uh, it's about EA. Uh, they purchased <laughs> they purchased the gaming studio Respawn uh, this week. Uh, the news comes just weeks they after... Purchased. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, yeah okay. the news comes just weeks after the publisher shuttered Visceral Games. Uh, EA said in the press release that the deal was worth $455 million. Boom. And that is a number that includes cash equity uh, and performance milestone payments. Respawn is said to receive bonuses tied to Metacritic scores for both its upcoming Star Wars games and the unannounced Titanfall 3. So which... Respawn's got a... They've got a game... They've got a Star Wars game coming out? 
Is I that the Han Solo game? No, that's Visceral. Visceral it was supposed to have the Star Wars game. That got oh, that's cancelled, right. and they're, yeah. um, they're making a different one now. Gotcha. Was that Reborn the... was the one that done Titanfall. Yeah, they, and so they, did they move Star Wars over to Respawn? Or were they just referring to... I'm... I don't know. They didn't specify, but that does... I mean, according to that statement, it does sound likely. Yeah, well... So they may have rolled it over. I like Titanfall, too. Down. Yeah. Yeah. I now like the, Titanfall. Uh, that was a great game. The The studio was founded in 2010 by uh, Call, of Duty, Call of Duty designers Jason West and Vint Zampella. Mm-hmm. Respawn made big waves in its uh, Xbox-exclusive Titanfall back in 2014. Its follow-up was released on multiple platforms, but was not met with the same impact. Early last year, EA announced that it had contracted Respawn to make a Star Wars action game in addition to the Battlefront series and what was then planned as a Star Wars action adventure from Visceral, which has been canceled. Uh, Respawn was also developing the third Titanfall game and a virtual reality game for Oculus. Do you think this is a good or bad move for them? Well, I mean, it's good for Respawn. You get paid, but... I've never been for... Now EA owns all their IPs. Yeah. Pretty much. And I don't, I don't know. I've never been for that. I think you try to keep your IPs in-house. But we're talking about EA. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's... That's, that like, oh, yeah, all that story sounded like to me was just a bunch of greedy, like, top executives getting together and just um, putting money into their friends' pockets. That's what I heard, basically. Oh, yeah. That's um, it. You, who? Who's... I mean, that's that's what's plaguing the gaming industry. At, uh, personally, I feel anyway at this point. Oh yeah, you're not <laughs> wrong. <laughs> now, who who was actually in the process of creating that Star Wars thirteen thirteen game? Do you know which one I'm talking about? It was yes. supposed to be like a dark, oh, gritty. That got, yeah. t- that got panned ages ago. Yeah, not another. I thought, I'm pretty sure that was visceral as well. Yeah, I think oh, you're right. Okay. I think that's when Amy Hennig came from Naughty Dog to help write for that game. Man, that that's a Star Wars game that needs to, to be revived. Well, yeah. I mean, Star Wars, do it right, and it's going to make you money. Yeah. Make it fun. Don't cheap on it. Don't make it pay to win and all that shit. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where I'm a little... Con- uh, actually think about the consumer for once instead right. of, like, the, the bottom line, you know what I mean, if you rub it. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's where I'm a little uh, curious about Battlefront 2 is I want to see... I'm curious about the story mode. I mean, granted, oh, yeah. the the gameplay itself, a lot of what we've seen, just the battles you can do, that's insane. You know, I want to see a lot of that stuff. But I am curious about the story mode just to see what they could pull off. Well, with you that. know what it's going to, I guess, the time period in the story is, right? Yeah, they're finally going past Jedi, which is actually yeah. a smart move. From what it seems like is like you're actually on the planet when the Death Star blows up. You mm-hmm. see it blow up. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So. I'm eager to see it, and it's Escape, supposed to be canon. Uh, what was it? The Ewoks, yeah. I, I do like that aspect. Yeah. Is it Endor? Is that what they're on? Yeah, Endor. Yeah. The yeah. Forest Moon of Endor. Uh, all right. Uh, the second, or the next story I have, not the second, it's the third. Uh, Telltale Games announced that 25% of its staff has been laid off in a company-wide restructure. Boom. Uh, the reduction affects 90 staffers across all of Telltale's divisions, but are, according to a press release, not going to affect Telltale's already announced slate of games, which include the new seasons of The Walking Dead and The Wolf Among Us. They said, quote, uh, The decision is designed to make the company a leader in player-driven narrative games more competitive as the developer and a publisher 
of groundbreaking story-driven gaming experiences with emphasis on high quality in years ahead. They elaborated that the goal of this restructure will to be to produce fewer, better games with a smaller team. That is how I feel. I think they've just kind of, I don't know, cluttered up the place with all the, you know, the rights they've got to all these games, and they just keep churning them out. They there was a time where it was, you know, they had what one game a year, if that, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, we got Game of Thrones, oh, we got Batman, oh, we got Guardians of the Galaxy, and then they just kind of slammed the market. Yeah, and it was like, whoa, 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 slow down, guy. Yeah, it's like they needed to take a year off and redo their engine and fix the just the crappiness of. What was going on? Yeah, sometimes they need a new engine, and and um, I mean here lately it's they've been pretty good. It's been better. It's still it could be better. Yeah, they they they've got some tweaks they need to work out. Do you ever have you ever played any of the Telltale games, Jinx? Um, I bought The Walking Dead. I played five minutes and died at the very first bit. I'm pretty sure, and I got attacked by a zombie. And I was like, "Yeah, do you know what? I'm not going to bother like learning this game now. I'll come back to it later on." And uh, that was the last time we ever heard of that game being launched on my PC. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> hey, in all fairness, so you need to give it a shot. That first season, the first two are awesome. I, yeah, so I, yeah, I do. I've got, I've got it. Like, I've heard good things. So. There's just so many games to play, though. I do. There's with so many. I'm like, I'm going to come back and play this, and then I do something else, and then Man, there's another one out. If you if you ever look at my Steam list, I've got like 300 games. I've played <laughs> probably about uh, 10 percent of those games. Yeah. Like past the five minute mark. So yeah. <laughs> Sounds like my PlayStation list. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot. There's too many games anymore. I think so. We just gotta get on. Hang on I feel second. bad for anyone that's why that on their PS4 or Xbox because those games are expensive on that store. Oh yeah, I mean, there there are times you can find a good deal, but few and far between. I'll say with the uh, with the PlayStation, they tend to give discounts. Nothing like Steam, but if you're a member of the PlayStation Plus, they give you those. You know, a lot of times, uh, sometimes you can get eighty percent off. Yeah, it just really depends. I don't know the the, like, the decent ones that you got like. They were released like two years prior. I feel like they were anyway. Hmm. Like the ones I picked up from the uh, PS Plus. All right. The next story that I have comes from uh, IO Interactive. Uh, their CEO, Hakan Abrak, I hope I said that right, <laughs> confirmed that the studio is working on a new Hitman title. In a statement, he uh, mentioned that IO's release from Square Enix, which led to their formation as an independent studio, and uh, how within that time they've been intentionally quiet so they could kind of refocus and decide the path that they wanted to go on their future endeavors. He mentions that the next Hitman, or or mentioned that it's coming out by saying, uh, I want to let you know that we're making great progress. Uh, We have exciting new features and some franchise firsts, which we can't wait to tell you about. You will have to wait a little bit longer, but uh, we don't start to plan on talking about it until some point in 2018. Uh, but there will be a new Hitman. I, I feel like it was a fun franchise. I had a hard time getting into the new game. I, I don't know why. Cause I didn't, it didn't really it. feel like it was... It's not a bad game. All that, I can say to this is uh, shut up and take my money. I love Hitman. Yeah, I'm, I played... I think the very first one I really played was Absolution, and I got sucked in like that, That's when we both played, wasn't it? Yeah, that was on the, oh. the last one on the Was that the first one you played? That was the first one I played. I'd heard hmm. the of the... Uh, the, the franchise, but I'd never gotten into it. I played and, the other one. Or I never had it presented to me. And then this one, I think it was a, wasn't it a free game? 
Yeah, it was on PlayStation. And 4. I thought, okay, well, I'll give this a shot. And I got sucked in. I, I loved it. They're so, all like that. I think they kind of refined the stuff that was wrong, but mm-hmm. they're all that fun. Yeah. The freedom that you had to kind of plan out everything. Was, that's that's was what I cool loved part. about it the most. And, you know, I got uh, the seasoned chapters or however they did it on the, the last the last game. I've played it. I've got it. And I played through it a little bit, but I just, I don't know. I don't know why it's it's taking... I've just not gotten into it like I did the last one. I don't know why. I don't like the episodes. I wish they would have just made a game. And that and, might be what it and is. And been done with it, you know? But it's still fun. So, so my thing with Absolution, uh, the whole Hitman series, is they went really went a different way with uh, with like how the game played out. I feel that was more like a story-based game, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. The yeah, episode like version? Stuff like uh, Blood Money and 2. Mm-hmm. Um, the new one's more like the original games. Yeah. Where you just get that uh, set level, you plan it out how you want to, you know, take uh, take on that level for that playthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolution, I don't know. It was it was a lot. It was weird. I, I didn't really enjoy Absolution as much as I enjoyed, like, Blood Money or something like that. Well, it was probably, I'd, I'd probably say a lot of the reason that I enjoyed it so much was that it was a new experience for me, right. and I didn't have the other games to kind of base it off of. So just the idea of what I was doing and that there were multiple ways to go about it, it that was a new experience for me. So that's probably why I had fond memories of it. And I was so close to platinuming that game, too, and it was just something so simple, and I was just... Right there. What'd you have to do? Uh, I think there were files you had to find uh-huh. per level, and I just I missed a few, and I was just like, I don't want to go back and find these. And then I had to go and replay all the missions on hard. And that oh, was shit. another thing that was just like, I don't know I, how I'm I hate do that. that. I hate when they throw that in there. Yeah. So, eh. just When in doubt, just start mining for the crowd to get to your target. Like, trust me, or it never fails. Uh, completely level that way. Right. <laughs> Uh, the next story I have comes from uh, Take Two Interactive. Strauss Zelnick, the CEO of the company, said that um, they were uh, aiming to offer what he calls recurrent consumer spending opportunities, which in my mind translates to microtransactions. That's exactly what it is. In all of its future games. Now, they have uh, they are the publishers of Grand Theft Auto V and the NBA 2K series. They mentioned in a recent investors call that microtransactions accounted for 42% of their earnings last quarter. God damn. And calls such numbers a transformative change in the business. Now, what I find interesting about these numbers, this actually backs up a claim that we reported on a few weeks ago about those complaining that microtransactions are complaining about microtransactions are in the minority. Because if they just cut almost close to 50% of their profits, in microtransactions, then apparently people are are using them. You know, you can't say that... I, I mean, obviously, we're going to complain, but they have to be in the minority, you know, of, of complaints because people are doing them. People are using them. 42% well, of revenue is, is high. That is almost half. Yeah. So that's insane. So, like, how we can fix this, guys, and, like, hear me out, just bear with me for this is um, any time you want to spend any money on the microtransactions, I want you to go to www.twitch.tv forward slash Jinx TV and just donate it to me instead. <laughs> I'll spend it a lot more wiser than you guys would like. Do you know what I mean? Right. 
Yeah, we can definitely start that campaign. We'll just like, look, you'll yeah. get so much more for your money right here. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it when it comes to microtransactions, it really depends on what it is that I'm going to plop down money. Because you talk about skins or characters, that's an easy buy, you know, especially if it's somebody you want. Yeah. And you're just like, and they sucker you sometimes, man. I yeah. mean. See, I, I don't know if you would agree with me on this, but you're just opening the door. Like this, like you even said, like you said it in the numbers there, 42% of people, like, or their revenue comes from microtransactions. You're now opening the door for them to exploit us, the customers. Right, like, exactly. Versus like, like these little things to do with characters and cosmetics. Then you're going to be forced to pay to, I don't know, um, advance a level or yeah. whatever. Just like, no, with the mentality of corporations nowadays, like you can see it like rampant in like our little part of the world in gaming. Mm-hmm. It's, it's open to abuse now. Like that's that's just giving more of an excuse to push it the bar further, in my opinion. That's what I've been afraid of. And and depending on what it is, how they market it to you can sometimes just seem so appealing. You know, season passes are an easy thing that you can just look at and be like, eh, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll plop down 30 bucks and, and I'll just get all that content. But when you really break it down, is it worth all that money that you spent? Yeah, see, I think they ought to have to like, show you what they're going to do. There's a huge difference, I feel, between DLC and microtransactions. That I feel there is a huge difference because, to me, microtransactions are these little things you spend, like, one or two, like, loot boxes or whatever in-game. The yeah. season pass is more... Uh, DLC content, or yeah, you get what I'm trying to say. It's kind of like a pre-order for the downloadable content, right? Now, now buying yeah. loot boxes—that's ridiculous. I'm sorry, I'm just not going to do it. I refuse. No, because if it's something I can earn in, in the game and I just have to work for it, why not? I mean, they give you these easy outs. When we saw the uh, the frustration everyone got with the easy fatalities on uh, Mortal Kombat X when they did that, and people were like, "Well." I have to buy tokens. You don't have to. If you just want a you know, cheap, easy way to kill somebody at the end yeah. of the fight, then fine. You can do that, but you don't have to. And couldn't you earn them, like, by earn tokens by going into that graveyard? Yeah. Say, so, like, just go do stuff and get points and go in there and get them. And, and you can do them. It's not like you can't right. do them. So microtransactions like that, that's, it's silly that they're there. Right. But at the same time... That's up to, that's your stupidity if you have to do that. And if you want to, that's fine. I mean, yeah. but uh, but you don't have. They're to. there. Let's, let's, you don't have to. Real. Let's be real. They're targeting those kids with their parents. Yes. Credit. Yeah. Exactly. Let's not beat around the bush, guys. That's, that's right. That's what it is. And that that was a good argument. I think Kinsey made that when yeah. she was on. That that's who they're they're really targeting are the the children, you know the the kids yeah. who just think easy 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 because for them. That's what they want to do. They're always looking for the easy road. Kids are like that. So you're, you're spot on. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. that's where it hits. And if, if the parents aren't paying attention right. and they've got it set up in some sort of account, the kid can just buy whatever they want and yeah. never be the wiser. Nope. Especially when you're buying a dollar I, I here and a dollar there. I was like one of the mischievous childs like when I was uh, younger. So like me, like sitting in front of my TV for five hours, being quiet, playing my video game was like heaven for my mum at some times. So like that's the mentality, like the mentality of most kids nowadays. Their kids are like that and parents are like that as well. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just like if you could spend a little bit of like this little bit of pocket change and you'll to keep the kid quiet, like 
yeah, it's, it's, it's a cop-out, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, next story I have comes from uh, the SAG-AFTRA community, which, uh, you know, that's, that's normally movies and stuff like that, which we don't normally talk about, but I feel like this is important uh, information. There was actually a strike going on right. uh, within that community for... Uh, video game rights and uh, I guess more for voice acting for voice actors Uh, they're trying to get uh, a little bit more out of that Uh, there was a vote held within the SAG after a community uh, to approve the successor in the interactive media video game agreement and it passed at 90% to a 10% margin the National Board unanimously approved the tentative agreement on October 9th, 2017, ending, ending the strike against 11 video game companies that began on October 21st, 2016. Now, for those who don't know, the SAG-AFTRA is an American labor union representing approximately 160,000 film and television actors, journalists, radio personalities, recording artists, singers, voice actors, and other media professionals worldwide. Uh, now, this deal is meant to streamline the work of their members within the video game industry, including significant improvements in the area of transparency and a new payment structure that will ensure members are compensated fairly for their work. The terms of this agreement include a new bonus structure that provide additional payments to performers based on numbers of sessions worked, uh, the bonus payments which are due no later than the release of the game, begin an additional $75 payment on the first session, totaling $2,100 after 10 sessions worked. The deal also contains new transparency provisions that will enhance the bargaining power of members' representatives by requiring companies to disclose the code name of a project, its genre, which or whether the game is based on previously published intellectual properties, uh, and whether or not the performer is reprising a prior role. Members are also protected by the disclosure of whether they will be required to use unusual terminology, profanity, or racial slurs, uh, whether or not the content of a sexual or violent nature, and whether stunts will be required. This agreement will become or becomes effective November 8th, which is already passed, uh, and expires uh, on November 7th of 2020. The National Board unanimously approved the tentative agreement on October 9th, ending the strike. So, uh, that's good, I guess. I guess. I guess. <laughs> I mean, good, you know, good, good for them. You know, they've got to work. I think probably a big thing for them Wait, was... How much, how much did he earn? How much did the voice actors earn then? Like a game or whatever? Before it's, like, released, obviously. How much were, are they paid? They, they really did they didn't specify it. I mean, other than they said they'll begin with $75 payments for the first session, and eventually, after 10 sessions worked, earn about $2,100. Right. So depending on oh okay sorry yeah and and d- there's no telling how long the sessions are they could be a couple of hours they could be you know a long day well I think that they were probably not getting paid until after they started making you know how some companies though like, this is when we we'll, yeah. we'll give you the money then mm-hmm. when we get our money we'll give you the money kind of thing yeah that's probably when they were getting paid and that was and yeah not fair I mean, to them that, that sounds. Probably spot on, considering they said they have to get paid before right. the game's release. So no later than that. So good for them. They they Yay. justice with actors and voices. Yay! You know because obviously games are not as good as they can be without some of the voice actors that we have. So, um, I'm okay with silent films. They are good. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I want voice acting. 
did they ever do voice acting in the the new Zelda game? Because I know that was one of those games that just I can't remember stuck with mute. I feel I, like I remember somebody that played it saying yeah that they did have it, but they still had the the text. The, the text, but at the same time, I think I remember saying they stuck with the text because they didn't want to leave that just, part. Yeah, I could see that. But I can't remember. Huh. Well, I have to look into that. I'm curious now. Because, you know, that's a game that need to uh, get with the times. Yes. All right. Next uh, next story I have is uh, a new game launched on Steam Early Access for the HTC Vive called Castaway. The game was created by MC Games and is an open-world sandbox survival experience. You got Tom Hanks in it? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Not that I saw. Uh, where you play as a scholar sent to an island to fully disconnect from the modern world. On the island... Players will have to mine, gather, cut down trees, hunt animals, swim, craft tools, uh, and build weapons, uh, build homes, ride horseback, deal with barbarians, and much, much more. The early access version of the uh, game will feature all the elements, plus day and night circles where you can only sleep at night, and a hunger and health system which needs to be monitored or else you will die. Early access is expected to last around six months, after which a fully released version will come out and feature a full re- range of Steam achievements, online multiplayer system, uh, new islands, and a night event such as Wolf Herd Attacks. Wolf Herd Attacks. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be Wolf Pack? Well, they said Wolf Herd. I should have changed that to Packs. Wolf Pack Attacks. What, what game's this? Sorry, I missed uh, It's called Castaway. It's a, a VR game on Steam. Uh, to play played on the uh, HTC Vive, and you know I, I dig VR. I think it's a cool concept. I'm I'm not really sure which one rules the market right now because you never really hear who's uh, who's the top. I would VR. say probably the the, the um, PSVR. I, I I was thinking about getting <clears> one, so I did decide to like dive in and look at some information. Um, mm. At the minute, it's not really. Um, they've got their both got their ups and downs, which kind of like brings them to a balance. Um, I can see why pushing it out there eventually. Yeah. But my problem with VR, from what I've seen, is like the freedom of movement in games. For sure, yeah. yeah. Which is um, you're limited to like pressing a button to teleport to a certain location. I've seen in a lot yes. of games, and that's just a, a, like a cop out in my opinion yeah when i think like vr i'm walking around like a, a world like a whole entire world or something like that mm-hmm. and it's not really like yeah i want to i want to be a little disconnected like the psvr it's uh got you connected to some wires and things like that and it, i mean it's you've got a good reach but you're still plugged in somewhere yeah. so sometimes you can kind of get a little tangled not often but it can happen you know really depends and in certain games that you're playing, like uh, playing Super Hot, that's yeah. a game that I've probably moved more <laughs> than I have in most games because you're just so active. So you're moving around, and next thing you know, you're bumping into something and you didn't <laughs> even realize it. Those are the type of games yeah. that I enjoy as far as VR is concerned. Right. That you're really getting into it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you've seen that Player One movie trailer, but that, that's what I'm waiting for. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, Speaking of VR, uh, Sony released a digital version of their new demo disc for the uh, PSVR, which came out with the new uh, 
updated version of their VR, right. which actually came out in uh, Europe and North America. Quietly, it just Quietly. kind of released. And I think they, they did say that they were going to do that. They were going to make a big announcement about it. They're just going to be like, it's out there now. <laughs> yeah, and they did that with a lot of their stuff. You just kind of hear about it. Mm-hmm. Now, the uh, there's a list of the demos that they included on the disc, which I thought I would kind of run through, see if there were any games that sounded Please interesting. Tell us. Uh, the first is Battlezone. I'm not okay. familiar with that. It's a tank game. It's pretty good. Uh, Dino Frontier. Don't know. Sounds cool. Sounds cool. It's uh, got dinosaurs. Eve Valkyrie. I've already got. That's already owned one of them. Is it? Yeah. Well, I don't know anything. About I, I've given. I've given up on uh, Eve. Anything outside of Eve Online, like <laughs> related to the universe. Uh, the next one was a uh, fantastic contraption, which for some reason makes me think of Mousetrap. I don't know. Yeah. It just sounds sounds like that. Sounds like fun. Job Simulator. Ooh, they got that one? Yeah. Yeah, I want to play that. What is, what is that? It's a job simulator. It's like a... I think robots have taken over. Mm-hmm. And these jobs, there's like in a museum, and you can go and do the jobs, I guess, hmm. if I remember right. And you just... You play like one of the robots, I guess. And I would hope that it's not just like a the, real job, you know, because I don't want to do my job. That is. It's kind of like that. You sit in a cubicle and you do these little <laughs> things like while you're in there. And then right. I think some of them's like... I, don't, I could be getting mixed up, but I think one of them's like you make burgers somewhere. They'll simulate anything in a game nowadays. Oh, yeah. yeah we were talking so, about, what was it, cow milk? Cow milk, yeah. Last week. What kind of hell is that, man? Um, the next game is Moss, which I actually am looking forward to trying too. out. That Just from a awesome. demo perspective, I want to check it out, but it does look like a really fun game. Hey, this looks beautiful, too. Say that again. What was the game? It's called Moss. Um, you're... I guess he the character's name is Moss. It's, it's a little mouse. Yeah, it's like a little mouse, and it kind of looks like a platformer in it, a way. Yeah, but, it does. Uh, looks in like VR, platform. which that's cool. Oh, that's a VR. Uh, you know what I've seen? I think it's PS4 as well. That's a VR game with the the mech one. That's kind of like a. No, that was like a. What is it? That it's Monday Night Combat or whatever game. Oh, Rigs. Yeah, yeah, Rigs. Yeah, Rigs. There you go. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, the next one is uh, Raw Data. Never heard don't, of it. I don't know what that is. Uh, That's on uh, Steam. That's on Steam as well. The Up 5 Raw oh. Data, I'm pretty sure. I have to look that one up. Uh, Res Infinite. That I've sounds familiar. It. I've heard of it. I haven't played it. It's the kind of like the shooter game. Like, not a shooter. I don't even... It reminds me of like old Star Fox. Like, you're kind of behind. You're flying down okay. like that. And you okay. shoot all the stuff. It's kind of cool. Hmm. A lot of people like it. That could be cool. Uh, Star Child, which again, for some reason, that sounds familiar too. Yeah, I think it's a newer game though. But I don't know anything so that's about. That's a demo. Hmm. Can't remember exactly what it looks like. Uh, Star Blood Arena, don't know it. Uh, the Persistence doesn't sound all that appealing. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Thumper, no, that one's kind of cool. Is I've it? Played let's, it. Let's it's on the first it. demo disc too, though. How was it? Yeah. I must not have looked over the demo disc. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, and the last one is Tiny Tracks. I don't know what that is. Sounds like uh, trains. I don't know. Possibly. Or or tanks. Tiny tanks making could tiny tracks. Could be. Could be. Or there could be little bitty animals making tracks and you got to follow them. Very, very true. Who knows? Uh, Sony also released an updated version of their mobile app, which streamlined many of their features and adds additional features not seen in the app. I kind of felt like, I think I said it to you, kind of feels like a Facebook app now. Yeah. But I do dig the new design. The interface is good because yeah. everything's just accessible in a way. It's a, uh, I don't know. It's like you can get to everything a lot easier. Yeah. Too. 
So I, I, I kind of like it. You know, it was just unexpected. Uh, the next story that I have, which I thought was... Um, I had to debate on whether or not I wanted to put this in the weird news section or not, but uh, it, it just seemed too interesting to classify as weird news. Uh, there's an indie developer called Megacat Studios, and they developed a an 8-bit recreation of Nintendo's Punch-Out, but with a horror twist. Oh, what, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Instead of fighting a slew of eccentric heavyweight fighters in the ring, this game pits you against aliens, knife-wielding maniacs, and a hockey mask-wearing giant. Uh, obviously, these are... my money already. Yeah. <laughs> they, these are obvious <laughs> recreations of well-known horror icons that you'll see... Uh, now, if this interests you at all, you and you're actually willing to shell out about sixty bucks, and have a working Nintendo, you can grab a copy of this uniquely gimmicky NES game right now by heading over to their website. Uh, they actually are selling Nintendo cartridges, like fully redesigned Nintendo cartridges. So I thought that was a. It's, it's definitely different, you know, because I expected to see this maybe on Steam or, or, or just some other site. You you have to buy the cartridge. So Is, is that that, is, is that it comes out with that new little SNES thing they came out with, right? Is that the... I do believe so. Called? Yeah, I do believe so. so. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now, this isn't the first time that this studio has actually done this. In fact, they released a game called Coffee Crisis on the Sega Genesis, which actually was crowdfunded. Uh, and they also have a few other NES titles that they've released called Justice Duel, Expedition, and Little Medusa. I, I mean, that's that's pretty cool that you're you're kind of keeping an old console alive with new releases. I mean, that's oh man, I've got I've got fond memories of my Sega Mega. I still got it in my uh, loft. No kidding. Enough. I might have to break it out and like <laughs> do uh, uh, what is it? Screen capture of a uh, like me playing Streets of Rage. Oh, oh I really yeah, love that game. No, yeah, I mean, I, if I still had an old NES, I actually have uh, a Wii that's uh, it's hacked, <laughs> but it's got a few emulators on it. It works. I mean, it does it does the job. It's not the same in a in a manner of speaking, but it does the job. When I when I have to have that fix, I guess I should go out and buy an NES Mini Classic. But they don't have all the games I want. You don't you don't need it. I don't need it. I really don't. It's just uh, nostalgia, you know. It does that to you. Nintendo's good. It is, it is that exactly as well, yeah, nostalgic. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, that that does sound pretty cool. Just uh, you could probably find a trailer for it on uh, YouTube called "Creepy Brawlers." Check it out; it's pretty interesting. And it's, I have it, a working Nintendo. You do, you do. Mm -hmm. Go get sixty bucks, buy this game, and sixty bucks, it. sixty bucks. It's an uh, it's a real Nintendo game. So they used to cost thirty. So this is a new game. <laughs> Inflation, man. Uh, the next story I have is a little tidbit. Uh, tidbit. Developer Bluehole announced that the much-anticipated vaulting and climbing features for PUBG have been delayed. This uh, comes after a delay test server. Or Let me try that again. Uh, this Rewind. comes after a delay in the test servers for the new features uh, were screwed up by unexpected issues. The vaulting and climbing features are supposed to roll out in November and have been reported by PC Gamer as a work in progress, but a great feature. Now, Jinx, you play PUBG, right? 
So I'm guessing the unexpected issue is everyone that voted rocketed up into the sky and fell down to their death. Probably. I'm just guessing. <laughs> I'm just guessing. That would that would be amusing <laughs> yeah, to see. Yeah, that, that that seems seems a little bit game breaking. Right, right. Bit. I think the first time I seen Jinx, he was playing PUBG with with uh, Wicked Beth. Ah, uh, yeah, I've had some good games with Beth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, would would you say that this game needs a, a vaulting and jumping? Uh, oh hell yeah! Okay. Yeah. Um, like I haven't. I didn't even know they were doing this. I just like log on, play, and kill people. But um, yeah, it would be nice to like because uh, the way it's done now is just horrible. You can't like you it takes me like a minute to jump over a small gap. You should be like easily be able to climb over. Right. And um, it seems like a nice feature. They're also doing a new map as well, like a desert map. Oh okay. Which seems uh pretty legit. Cool. Should cool, be cool. fun. All right, next story I have. This is kind of an update a little bit on uh, one we've kind of mentioned in the past. Now, keep in mind, this is still a rumor. I just want to clarify to all of our, our listeners out there. We're not verifying anything. Yes, but we are. But if we are, then we just broke it here first. But we're not going to say that. It's a rumor. Let's as pretend of, like we're breaking it. <clears throat> well, it's a rumor as of now. Even if it's not true, we'll just say it's real. We'll just That's right. Now, right. When, when, it does break, okay. when it does break, then we can say, hey, Super Mega Crash Brothers. We we announced it here first. We were right there on the scene when it happened. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we reported a few weeks back about rumors surrounding the potential for an N64 Mini Classic. Apparently, a Reddit user discovered something that could point to the possibility even more. On the Nintendo UK website, there is a list of 19 online game manuals for the N64. This number would be close to the uh, amount of games seen on previous mini consoles and if you look at the list it's not a surprising choice of games that would be on a mini console would you like to hear the list of games yes that they found yes okay because to me i I know we've discussed what we'd love to see on the nes or the n64 mini classic but this sounds like a list of games that would definitely be on this console uh 1080 snowboarding which I never played, but I know I remember it. Uh, Bomberman 64, Donkey Kong 64, Excite Bike 64, F Zero X, Kirby 64, The Crystal Shards, Mario Golf, Mario Kart 64, Mario Party 2, Mario Tennis, Paper Mario, Pokemon Snap, Sin and Punishment, Star Fox 64. Super Mario 64, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, Wave Race 64, and Yoshi's Story. That seems like a legit list of games that would yes. be on that console. Plus the Zelda games is... I mean, Majora's Mask was awesome. Yes. Ocarina of Time was awesome. Oh yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a solid lineup, but at the same time... I don't know if I would plop down the money because I don't see anything on there that's a a must. Like I have to have that game that I because I've played these games a hundred times over and I've I've gotten them on other consoles and I just don't know if it's worth it to me. So I don't know. If you already have it, then I no. don't know. The game industry is running out of ideas. Is basically what they're telling us. Yeah. Now see if they were if they put something on here that would be hard to find. Like they did with the uh, Super NES uh, classic, what was it, the Star, Star Fox, Fox 2? Yeah. Because that was an unreleased game. Yeah. Cool. Give me a game on here that I couldn't find anywhere else or it's hard to find 
you might sell me. Like yeah. a game I'll talk about later. But we'll get into that. Um, oh, that's your retro view? That, that is our retro view. We'll get into Sweet. that later. Um, I'm excited. That's the end of the news, so guess what time it is now? Is this weird news? It is weird news. Yay. I only have one little bit of weird news it's this all we week. Need. But uh, I just, <laughs> I found it interesting. I was like, what the hell is this? But I guess I can see the appeal of it. It's just, it's strange to me. Uh, Bethesda has released a line of candles that will add an olfactory element to your VR experience with Fallout VR and Skyrim VR. The <laughs> Skyrim candle is said to uh, produce a... No, not dragon dung. They, they say a Sorry, forest of Skyrim scent. So I'm going to assume pine... Uh, uh, I don't know. That would that would be my first. I'm going with him, dragon, dragon, <laughs> dragon dung. Uh, yeah, yeah, Baron Trophy. Like, yeah. <laughs> but they you uh, stepping into it. Yeah. Oh God, what's this on the bottom of my shoe? Now, yeah. now as far as that goes, I mean, just saying the forest of Skyrim. I'm gonna assume okay, that'll be fine. The Fallout one, on the other hand, is is the one. The description is just like, what the hell is that? Uh, the Fallout candle is said to produce a refreshing. Nuclear decay scent. I don't know how nuclear decay can smell refreshing. I just think of nuclear waste and it's just stank. Hundred percent safe. Yeah. Friendly, friendly. Uh, good, healthy for your body. Trust me, guys. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, would, I mean, what? What is that? What does it smell? I would never light that candle. I just, I'm curious. No, I can I, present that. I can make that smell on my own. Family Guy. I had that scene in Family Guy with a 4D simulator where you have a smell mask on. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was Family Guy or is it South Park, one of the two? Uh, might have been South Park. But, oh, uh, I, I, I don't know. The, the the forest one sounds like it could it could be okay. A, a decaying scent just doesn't sound appealing at all. No. So, at all. Uh, I mean, what's wrong with Hey, guys, like, well, I just, I, well, I, I'm, I guess, I yeah, guess I, I'm a I'll little fashion. Uh, I can make that smell of my own. Yeah, just give me some beans, <laughs> man. Uh, okay, well, if if anybody out there buys one and I know you, please let me come over and just just experience it for a brief moment. Or just send it to us. Yeah, yeah. Anybody out there wants to be nice enough to give us a candle? Now, granted, these candles can. Uh, last up to 25 hours of burn time. And they are available now. Where? Where can we get them? I don't know. Uh, check Amazon. Why not? They're not a sponsor, but hey, go check them out. They need to be. They're out there. Or go to their website. Who knows? They could be selling them anywhere. We definitely use it on like a first date. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. It's like, hey, baby, check out this Impressed. decay scent. <laughs> you don't know where you're at. <laughs> All right. Well, you now don't we're gonna know where you're at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Close your eyes, baby. Smell that. <laughs> What's that smell like? <laughs> My ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm gonna move on to release dates. Uh, we have uh, a handful of release dates. It's not a not as heavy as we have been in the past. I think the last couple of Anything weeks. Anything on have... uh, Star Citizen 3.9? Say again. Anything on Star Citizen 3.0 on there? Not that I see, and and no, I, don't it. I have to I have to uh, to let everyone know, 
as usual, release dates are subject to change, and there are changes abounds. I I'm try to always make a very comprehensive list of these release dates, and if I miss anything, I'm sorry. I can only do so much. I try. I look everywhere. But again, it's a very small list. On November 14th, which is a Tuesday, tomorrow for all of you listening on Monday, uh, we have L.A. Noir Remastered for the PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. I'm looking forward to that. Have you guys seen some of the new footage for that? What was Any it? of it for I've L.A. Noir? Oh, no, I haven't seen that footage. Now, I got to see, uh, while we're on that subject, uh, the VR, I think it was for HTC Vive, mm-hmm. got delayed to December. It was supposed to come out as well. Uh, but I did get to see like some footage from that. And do you remember when you played that game how realistic the faces yes. looked? That it was just uncanny right? how how well they did with that? You see every little movement. Yeah. The, it's like they enhanced that threefold. Damn. Like you just could not see any of the imperfections on the the design style that they used. Right. And it was just like you were looking there talking to a dude in VR. And granted, this is just from a video perspective, so I can't even imagine what it looks like in VR, but it was just it was impressive. Just from just from watching a video, I was impressed. So if you if you get a chance, look up LA Noir VR HTC Vive video clip. Just just to see what it looks like because it was it was amazing. Uh, we also have uh, Lego Marvel S- Super Heroes 2 for Xbox, Xbox One, PS4, and PC. I'm looking forward to that because I'm a sucker for that. Uh, Demon Gaze 2 for PS4 and uh, PS Vita. What is Demon Gaze 2? Have you ever don't have that? a clue. I don't have a clue either. It's where a demon looks at you. And just stares at you for two yeah. hours. That's why it's Demon Gaze 2. Yeah, two, uh, two demons. Two demons. Two okay. demons. Two demon gaze. Uh, Rhyme comes out for Nintendo Switch. I've heard of that. Yeah. Is it a fantasy game? It looked... How do I explain it? I can't even... What was it called, sorry? Rhyme. uh, R-I-M-E. It sounds familiar, but... It was supposed to be a launch title for the PS4, and it was made by Tequila Works. Mm -hmm. And there was... uh, I think Sony was actually the owner of the title, and I think it went back and forth... And they actually sold the rights to Tequila Works, and then Tequila Works kind of went out on their own. Oh, uh, okay. That's why it kind of hung out for a long time. Gotcha. Uh, the last game for November 14th is uh, Telltale's Batman uh, Season 1, which comes out on the Nintendo Switch. I think it's the full season. They're a little bit behind. Yeah, they're, they're getting it on their little uh, card or whatever. I don't know what that their, is. Their card? Yeah, it's like a it's like a game card. I don't know if you've seen that or not. Mm-mm. Like reach up there, reach up there. There's a little this game card. Uh, no, to the to the left, to the this. left. Yeah, right there. That's apparently about what their Nintendo Switch cartridges oh, are. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so. that's their cartridge. And well, that's that's for something else. But that's for the. It's, it says it right there. The 3DS. That's yeah, but that's that's similar to what the Switch games are. I think it's actually smaller than that, isn't it? They might be. I don't know. I've never touched one i've never looked at it you, but it's just shouldn't. it's amazing that they just went and said you know what screw discs we're going back to cartridges yeah i don't well they've I always guess they loved did that because cartridges. of the portable aspect of the thing yeah that's yeah. what i'm guessing i guess so uh on november 17th pokemon ultra sun and ultra moon comes out for the 3ds and also star wars battlefront 2 for ps4 xbox one Woo-hoo! and pc yeah. comes out november 17th november it's 17th. a big day Mm-hmm. That is a big day. And anyone listening, don't forget, you can enter for a chance to win. 
and come join Jinx yeah. on November 17th on his channel to witness some gameplay. And so you're going to be, be playing uh, Battlefront 2 that day? Of, uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2. Do not tune into my channel. <laughs> if you just want to have fun, you know, come on in and watch the uh, the insanity ensue. <laughs> And and you'll also yeah, have the well, chance to win a game. Keyword there, insanity, yes. That's yeah. right. And we'll also post a link in our uh, descriptions where you can sign up for the uh, Gleam if you haven't already. On I November have. 20th uh, is Battle Chef Brigade. Why can't I say that? Brigade. There we go. I got Good it. Job. Battle Chef Brigade you for Nintendo it. Switch and PC. I've never heard of that. I haven't either. I don't know. It, it doesn't sound... Um, well, it just sounds weird. Sounds like I'm I'm fighting as a chef. It doesn't sound fun. No, it sounds silly. And it's coming out for the Nintendo Switch. That's why. I just took a jab. I love Nintendo, sort of. You've you've kind of broken my heart. But so. it seems like they're starting to load it now with crap now. Well, we'll see. Like you said, they're still playing catch up. They're trying to get all these other games under their system that everybody else has had for years, and it's just like, dude, just just stop. You know, well, just te- like like graphics, like the hardware wise, they they they've been behind for ages now. Yes, yeah, and they don't seem to understand that they have a potential to step it up, and they just continue. Like, no, they yeah. they stay gimmicky. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Man, it's not gimmicky. I mean, the Switch is. But don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. There there are games out there on their their original IPs yeah. are are no doubt good. I've heard nothing but good things about Zelda. I've heard nothing good things about Super Mario Odyssey, but. What else do you have? You you're Metro surviving on sometime. your IPs alone. Yeah. And, and you're not giving anybody a reason to buy your system for third-party games. No. Because you I mean, especially when you like taking YouTube and support for uh Oh, God. Yes. Your what, game what is and that about? Other people. Yeah. <laughs> Silly. Yeah. Oh, you can't play our game unless we're getting a cut of this money. So stupid. Yeah. We already gave you a cut of the money when I bought the game. Yeah. No kidding. <clears throat> All right, well, now we're going to move on to our retro review. Da, da. Da, da, da. Are y'all excited about the retro review? I kind of am. I don't know what Okay, it is. well, we're going back to the N64, since we mentioned that earlier. Jinx, were you? did you have an N64 by chance? Of course I did. Awesome, awesome. Todd, did you? Yes. All right, good. I got it later on. So I'm kind of hoping that you guys know what this game is. Because when I talk about it, this is probably one of my all-time favorite N64 games. And you may have remembered me talking about it. So 16 years ago, the N64 saw the release of the most raw and controversial Nintendo game ever released. Got any idea? Mortal Kombat. (laughs) (laughs) That game... Was Conker's Bad Fur Day. Oh, yeah, I remember you talking about this. Oh, my God, that is an awesome game. <laughs> uh, this game was developed by Rare when I feel like they were at the top of their game, and it was presented with a very Disney-esque art style on a Nintendo console, no less, and it pushed the limits of what a re- mature rating can do at the time, which I feel was also teetering the line of adults-only territory. Now, much like South Park, at the time it was breaking new ground, but in hindsight, it can really be considered much more tame by today's standard <coughs> if it was released today. Right. Because they, they did kind of censor it down a little bit. Now, the, uh, the game follows our protagonist, Conquer the Squirrel, who is out all night with his pals on a bender, 
He wakes up in the middle of a cornfield with a massive hangover and a strong desire to go home and get some sleep. But along the way, he gets dragged into helping other characters within that world in what can only be described as completely absurd situations. Uh, an example is a king bee who got kicked out of his queen bee hive uh, wanting to win the heart, or as he likes to put it, pollinate a big-breasted sunflower. Now, <laughs> if you've never seen a sunflower with big gazongas, you will after this. Even Conker realizes how ridiculous that is by commenting, uh, what? What are you talking about? And it's like, oh yeah, they're just, they're massive. <laughs> and she even, after you get it, she uh, asks you if you want to go for a bounce. Did you, did you go? Yes, you have to go for a bounce. You have to do that. I would, I would motorboat the hell out of them. <laughs> you also uh, make a cow defecate into a giant grate so that a dung beetle can create a large bottle of poo for That's you. That's real life. Yeah. <laughs> Just like that. Yeah. You have to, you have to give the cow prune juice to clear <laughs> it out. My wife might be part dung beetle. You think so? She likes it when I do that. Okay. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and you also join the army to fight a very nasty slew of Nazi teddy bears. Because why wouldn't you? Of course, obviously they're not Nazis, but they might as well be. Oh, they would they would censor I mean, that today. You're just make convincing me that we need another conquered game. Now. We we do, man. No, we don't because Xbox would make it. Microsoft would make it. Well, we'll get into that a little bit after I get into it. Uh, you'll also you find you bring up a fair point. Right. You also find and collect wads of cash uh, that actually talk to you and sound like soprano rejects. Uh, there was, uh, like, when you go to, to find these little wads of cash, one example when you have to bounce on the, the big-breasted sunflower is to get a wad of cash. And when you get up there, he's like, Hey, pick me up, you greedy bastard! <laughs> so you just pick him up, shove him in your pocket. Nice. So it's fun little things like that that make it fun. Now... When this game came out, it was unlike anything I had ever seen. It played like a typical 3D platformer of that area, which was most appealing to me, or but was most appealing to me, was the constant barrage of meta jokes, fourth wall breaks, and pop culture references. One of the first meta jokes was trying to help you understand the use of contact or context-sensitive pads in the game. Once you go through this tutorial, Conquer comment. It would seem to me that these give me just what I need at that moment in time. Oh, I see what he needs. Context sensitive. Uh, the game was essentially a set piece for so many references. Some are blatantly obvious. Some are uh, much more subtle. Uh, some of the most exam or some of the examples of the blatant are Jaws. Raiders of the Lost Ark, The Matrix, Alien, and Bram Stoker's Dracula. And if you can think about that, some of the more the more common, overly used, you know, tropes of those movies, you can right. probably guess what you see. I think um, Raiders, you've got the the boulder chasing you. Right. Uh, Matrix, you just decked up in the getup and you do the slow motion movements. Alien, they use the scene at the end of uh, well, Aliens actually where the get away from her, you bitch. Yeah. And you've got it, you're in the machine. Uh, now, some of the lesser known uh, references come from uh, movies like A Clockwork Orange, which the opening of the entire movie comes straight from that. Or the opening of the game, I'm sorry. Comes from the opening of that movie. Right. Uh, Full Metal Jacket, there were just a few, you know... Well, please tell me he says, 
Nothing comes from Texas but stickers and queers. <laughs> no, no, they didn't say that. Not at least not that I can recall. I think there were more subtle little references here and there. Uh, there was a conversation that was uh, almost directly lifted from Blue Velvet, and there were a few little uh, tidbits in there that uh, were lifted from Monty Python sketches. So uh, uh, those were things like that, especially when you weren't a hundred percent sure what they were. You knew they were poking fun at something. Or you knew that there was a joke there and it just didn't come from nowhere. So that's what I loved about it. It's like they knew just to throw in all sorts of different things here and there, which I loved. Now, so many portions of this game, for me, were worth revisiting, which always led to a high replay value for me. I played this game so much when I had it, as if it never got old. Uh, one of my most favorite sequences in the game was a boss battle featuring an opera tenor that is a giant mound of shit breaking into <laughs> song. Before the fight begins, you hear a voice that asks for some sweet corn. You toss a kernel into this pool of shit, and he emerges in a grand fashion and starts singing. What is he saying? I am the great mighty Pooh, and I'm going to throw my shit at you. A huge supply of tish comes from my chocolate starfish. How about some scat, you little twat? There you go. <laughs> that is what he's saying. That is what he's saying. Uh, <laughs> once you hear his song, you have to go around and he'll start throwing balls of shit at you. You have to uh, find your context-sensitive pad and throw a giant roll of toilet paper into his mouth, in which he will get frustrated and sing yet another bar. Do you really think you'll survive in here? You don't seem to know which creek you're in. Sweet corn is the only thing that makes it through my rear. How do you think I keep this lovely grin? Uh, and then, obviously, that just goes into a circle. With normal games, you've got, what, the three time, the, you got to hit your boss three times before they did. Like so, you land another hit, he sings. Land another hit, he sings. Now I'm really getting rather mad, or like a niggly, tickly, shitty little tag nut. When I've knocked you out with all my bab, I'm going to take your head and ram it off my butt. Your butt. My butt. Your butt. That's right, my butt. Ugh. My butt. Ugh. My butt. And then finally, uh, he'll uh, be flushed down a drain, falling into, you know, the classic uh, Wizard of Oz fashion. Oh, what a world, what a world. And then just goes down into the drain. Yet another reference. Does he say, I'm melting? He doesn't. He says, I'm flushing, I'm flushing. Oh, what a world. Nice. So, because obviously melting, it's kind of already melted. Kind of. Yeah. Because he's, I don't It depends on what the, the starfish. And, and the texture. He's, he's pretty gelatinous. We're with <laughs> Let's not get into poop I mean, talk. like, I want to know the texture. <laughs> Very, very <laughs> liquid. Was he like one of them runny, runny ones? Or yeah, he's, he's very runny. Very runny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until they got his sweet corn. Yeah. And that's that's what produces his, his grins. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where does the sweet corn go? Does it stick in the top? Uh, well, no. I never really see where it goes. It just kind of absorbs in. But, um, you know, it, so you I think... It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... 
Now, another one of my favorite segments in the games comes from the first time you die. Now, in fact, you can probably play, and I don't know this 100% for sure, but I'm, I'm pretty sure you could go the entirety of this game, not die, and you would miss out on this entire thing, if you're that good. Because I, I know that I played it at one time trying not to die, mm -hmm. and, you know, you, you miss... I feel like you miss out on a good part if, if you do that. Um, but good for you if you, you can... die the first time? Huh? The first time you die? Yeah, time. the very, very first time you die. So, the very first time you die, you will awaken in a dark chamber, hearing a deep, bellowing, bellowing voice calling your name. And then suddenly, a figure emerges from the shadows, and it's a two-foot-tall Grim Reaper named Greg. Can't be this bloody ridiculous contraption. Anyway. He's a, a surly but sharp-witted little fellow. When Conker decides to comment on his height... Aren't you a little shot to be a Grim Reaper? Well, how many Grim Reapers have you met before, mate? What, what am I supposed to look like? Yeah, that's a good point. Well made. So he's oh, from the UK? Yes, he is. Okay. Mm -hmm. In fact, that's actually, actually one of the appeals of the game, is it's uh, all voice from a UK cast. So I feel like that just amplified it up a little That's bit. That's why it made it cooler. It did. <coughs> Gre 100%. <laughs> Greg uh, goes on to explain that squirrels can die, but they have extra chances. Another meta joke, if you will, because you can collect lives and whatnot in the form of uh, collecting little tails littered around the, the world in which you run around. He also points out a, a disdain for cats, which I found quite funny. It's like those bloody cats. Such a pain in the ass. Bloody things. I hate those bloody cats. The way they meow and they piss everywhere. And that shit smells just bloody awful all over my face. Uh, now, I could probably spend an entire episode pointing out many of my favorite parts of this game because there are so many. I, I actually had to limit what I was going to talk about because I could talk about this game for hours. I really could. Just so... I don't know that I would listen for hours. Probably not, but like I said, there are just so many good bits in the game. Um, the game was met with numerous high-praising reviews, highlighting the graphics, the sharp writing, the dialogue, as well as the wonderful voice cast. Uh, Chris Seaver, who was the voice of Conquer, was actually the writer, head writer and director of the game. Uh, and he did a fabulous job. I wish he'd do more stuff, but I'm sure he doesn't work for Rare anymore. No, no, probably not. Uh, <coughs> sorry. Uh, obviously, there were some criticisms. Uh, one came from the game's camera, which I feel like that was a, a common trope with the N64. I, I, I don't know what it then. was about the game cameras back in those days, but I, it's like they hadn't figured it out yet. You know what I mean? You didn't have the, the second joystick over here. Yeah. But, I mean, that's even still today. It's just, I, I, maybe they... Well, it wasn't a free-roam camera. It was just, it was a fixed camera, am I right? Yeah, whatever direction you're facing. Uh, I, well, I think with that one, you had a little bit more of a... a fixed in a way, but you could you could move it around. But, yeah, I do it, yeah. More fixed than, uh, than free. You have to, like, press a certain button, like, on a shoulder to, uh, like, look behind you in certain games or something. Right, 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 right. Uh, some reviews were also not keen on the context-sensitive buttons, which I feel was kind of ridiculous that they did not. But uh, one reviewer states that they uh, made the game a little more than a procession of barely connected and puerile minigames. I disagree. 
I feel like it made each area unique because you're not, you know, in most games, even if it's a platformer game, there's there's a style to your fighting. There's a style of what you do when you, you find a boss. There's still a, a knack to it, but you go about it in the same way. Right. This, with every boss, with every level, the context-sensitive items changed up the dynamic of everything. Now, granted, they're still there, but you don't know what you're getting. Right. Um, for example, you you had to uh, say you're you're going to see these enemies, and I think they were uh, little trolls, or I don't even know what the hell they were, but they're on fire, and they're trying to attack you. So yeah. what do you do? You find the context-sensitive button, and you drink a bunch of beer and then now you're hammered so how do you take care of them you piss on them you pee on them and that's the only time in the entire game in which you do that so that is you know set for that one section of the game you'll never do it again so to me that makes that unique you know it's not every section you're gonna go around pissing on everybody yeah i would though and and they're you know that sounds like a game in itself oh yeah (laughs) And then later on in the game, uh, when you actually go into a combat situation, the army with the fighting Nazi teddy bears, you uh, you load up. <laughs> this is this is another one of those great references in the game. When you actually hit Landshore, they recreate the opening of uh, Saving Private Ryan. Oh, You're yeah. seeing all these squirrels getting shot <laughs> and everything like that. You see, and he, Conker's just standing there like, what is going on? He's just freaking out. I don't know. It's it's amazing. But when you do that section of the game, you're decked out in combat gear and you actually have a gun. Right. So, again, nowhere else in the entire game do you have a gun, so now it becomes a third-person shooter. Well, good. So it's unique in that way. You should be able to shoot squirrels every now and again. Well, now you're shooting teddy bears. Teddy bears. Screw teddy bears. Uh, Now, obviously, for a game like this, it was met with some controversy. Nintendo slapped numerous warnings on the game's box to ensure that it was only meant for adults, which, again, makes you wonder why they even allowed this game to get published. I'm so glad they did, don't get me wrong. But for a company like them to allow this game, just, it yeah. it was surprising at the time, because you're like, this is a Nintendo game, really? That's interesting. Think of the children! Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they think too much of the children, I think. Uh but, I mean, in certain cases, there are just those rare times where a game comes out and I'm like, this is a Nintendo game? Okay. Right. Well, cool. You know? And it, it shows that they're willing to take a chance from time to time. They should do it more often. Few and far between, it seems. I think yeah, that I would... Uh, is rich, isn't it? Yeah, oh yeah. I'm glad they did. Yes, absolutely. I would have more respect if they <clears throat> did more often. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now, this was a long... <clears throat> all the uh, labels they slapped on it it still had the ESRB label of mature on it, but Nintendo wanted to, to clarify, adults only. Uh, Nintendo of America also refused to promote it in Nintendo Power and some toy retailers like KB Toys, which I think are bankrupt now. <laughs> Closed? Are they? I haven't seen a KB Toys in years. I haven't either. We didn't see a lot of them down here anyway, though. No, that's true. Well, they refused to sell I mean, them. I haven't seen one ever. Uh, there are even stories and interviews that uh, are documenting several cuts made to the game uh, during production for jokes considered too risque and distasteful. Uh, and you can actually find those online if you can just look up Rare uh, Conquer's Bad Fur Day interview with developers or whatnot. There were a few that were um, 
Speaking of the Nazi teddy bears, they had a cutscene where they showed a Nazi teddy bear with a little Hitler mustache, and all the bears were doing their little Zig Hale salute, and Nintendo was like, ah, let's let's not do that. <laughs> let's let's that's a little too far. Yeah. So um, they they cut like that. Sounds like a golden opportunity, Mister. Yeah. But they, they, they pulled that. There was even another one which I, I kind of found interesting is that there was a cut where they showed um, these two squirrels. Well, it was actually like a, a, a what do you call it, uh, execution site where they've got the uh, soldiers tied up and they're going to shoot them right, for execution. And I remember this scene because one of the squirrels survives and then you kind of take him along as a companion because he like has like a little shell like a turtle or something like that. Yeah. Weird. But in the cut, in the N64 cut of the game, you just see two empty poles and then some blood around them. Apparently, there were two squirrels there that get shot along with this other one, and Nintendo asked them to remove it. Which, after everything you've seen in this game, why the hell would this matter? You just saw an entire slaughter of squirrels on the beach. What, what difference does this make? That's them. I, I, yeah, I don't. I didn't quite understand that cut because... It it I just mean, seems so trivial. They did want to promote getting prisoners of war, I guess. Yeah, but, like killing them during war was fine. There's no prisoners in war, perhaps. Um. Anyway, after the sale of Rare to Microsoft, which was just stupid, uh, terrible, the game saw a remake of sorts find its way onto the Xbox. The title was changed from Conquer's Bad Fur Day to Conquer Live and Reloaded to obviously push that Xbox Live thing that they had going where you can do multiplayer games now. What's ironic about this is that Live and Reloaded was edited even more than the N64 version. Why? I do not know. I wanted to verify this for sure. In fact, in the the song that was sang earlier with the great Mighty Pooh, they edited uh, twat and what was the other word that he said? My shit. They edited those words. I watched the clip and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So apparently Microsoft got cold feet before release. Yeah, that's the console I played it on as uh, Xbox. And all I can say is the multiplayer Terminator scenario, like the Terminator versus the Rebels or the Resistance or whatever, Mm -hmm. that was like an awesome thing for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was another reference in the game, the, the whole Terminator bit. See, there's just so many. There's just so yeah. many. I could list them off all day. Uh, anyway, that, that I found that to be quite interesting. However, there is a proper port of the game that was seen on the Rare Replay collection for the Xbox One. So, technically, you can play it now on that. Technically. What's upsetting to me about it all is I was kind of hoping, you know, since you've got that whole Microsoft is... Windows. I was kind of hoping that maybe after I thought about that, I was like, I wonder if I could find the Rare Replay on PC. And sure enough, no, I can't. Because I would love to have a copy of this game again. Because I sold Man 64 at one point, and that was just the saddest day of my life. Because that's the only reason I kept it, was for Conker's Bed for a day. I love this game so much. And uh, anybody who's not played it, I know it sounds a little grotesque and weird, but you just... Look beyond the, the shit throwing and weirdness like that and pissing on enemies. It's much more than that. It's it's one of those raw comedies that's got a lot of heart and a lot of great stuff to it. It's uh, satire at its finest. 
At its finest. It. At its finest. They, they did a f- fantastic job. Another thing that I read in an interview, I'm getting a little <coughs> dry-throated. A little dry-throated. Dry-throated. Is that Chris Seaver, again, the director and creator of the game Voice of Conquer, he was asked if you would, you know, if you weren't under any pressure by publishers or anything like that, would you have edited anything in this game? And he said, absolutely not. I would have left everything in the game, no matter how, you know, controversial or, or you know, boundary breaking it was. I would have left it all in. Right. So, I, there's a there's a game out there that needs to to come out, which is a, a director's cut of this game for new consoles. I want to see this, but you know, Rare's got to get out from under Microsoft somehow. Yeah, I would buy that. And the game itself actually was uh, slated to have two sequels, or at least one sequel specifically, but Microsoft was not interested. How about that? So we're all losing because Microsoft wants to be a dick. Well, you know, that's how I'm sorry, do. I just don't see the part of Margit growing from this uh, release of a sequel of this game. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, you do it not for your bad. customers sometimes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's... What like their killer instinct nonsense that they botched, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Because that game, I remember playing a lot of Killer Instinct back in the day, and they just, I don't know, they've ruined a very awesome game company. This is one of their classics, along with Goldeneye, Perfect Dark, Banjo Kazooie. Rare was was a a leader in in game development, and now they just uh, they're not that anymore. They are not. That happens. Well, guys. You have no more pages in your hand. I didn't. I almost set it down, but that that's our show. That's our show. That so, is. Uh, that's our show, guys. That's exactly how it goes. We'd like to thank all of our listeners for following our podcasts across the web. Leave us reviews on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Google Play Music, wherever you listen. We'd love to hear from you. You can follow our Facebook page, join our community page to talk about games with fellow gamers, give us topics to discuss, and then hop over to Redbubble for an official t-shirt or other merch. Like a coffee mug. We need a coffee mug. So I can have with me at all times as we're sitting here. Yeah. You know, so I can whip my whistle. Can you me a coffee mug? I would like a coffee mug. Yeah, we need, we need coffee mugs out there that you can show off to people. On your stream, you can just We need to start sending say, gifts to that? our people that are on the show. We do. We need to do that. Special paid promotion. Yeah. Gifts for our gift. Maybe we'll go. do that. Here's your gift bag. It's got one gift in it. A little gift. But it, we paid more for the bag than we did the gift. <laughs> and the shipping to get it over yeah, there. Yeah, the shipping it. to get it over there. <clears throat> now you can also go to www.patreon.com slash pencil and paper productions to help support our show. $5 or more can get you early access content to things such as season two of our YouTube series Man Cave, which is out now. Season uh, Episode two comes out tonight. Tonight, or for those of you listening on Monday, it's already out. So if you haven't seen episode two or even episode one yet, go over and check it out now. If you'd like to see the next two or three episodes, you can uh, chuck in a buck, $5, and then boom, there you go. You'll have them now. Have them all. Yeah, just like Netflix. And then then there will be another episode later. You can spend 45 minutes of your life watching. That's right, for $5. Done, for five bucks. That's all you need. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. I'm Stephen White. I'm Todd Stark. Jinx, man, it was a pleasure having you on the show, man. A pleasure. Hey, man, it was a pleasure being here. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. 
Join us again next time. But until then, game on. This has been a Pencil and Paper Podcast Network production.